0: Well, we have a wonderful privilege and opportunity this morning. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, born and raised. Um, in the playground is where I spent most of my days. Um, just kidding. Yeah, I could. I want to finish it so bad. Because um, I'm from Philly. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when, when Ruth and I were living, my wife and I were living in the city of Harrisburg, uh, a church that we would attend, and then eventually uh, that I would work for as an associate pastor was life center ministries international wonderful strategic apostolic church that is impacting the state and many nations around uh, through this church and actually people would come and visit our church from like massive cities and uh massive ministries and be like how is this place in harrisburg i mean what god did through charles and ann over there is just amazing um and uh, Charles is a spiritual overseer of mine and a, of our church, which is um, kind of how our, our structure uh, is as a church. And, um, and he uh, is, was passing through. He was at a, a wonderful conference in Pasadena with Cheon and Bill Johnson and Randy Clark. And he's such a strategic spiritual leader and a general in the faith. And um, it's just a privilege to have him. He was like, hey, I'm passing through. Do you want me to hop over from uh, Pasadena, L.A., basically? to Albuquerque, I was like, yes, would you please? So um, he has a wonderful word and um, I just, would you help me in honoring Pastor Charles Stock as he comes? Love you, Charles.
1: Love you, thank you, Paul, thank you. I took the, uh, the advanced steps there when I go down, I'll go down the kindergarten steps. So just, in case my wife asks you, tell her I'm being careful. So, <laughs> so, all right. Well, it's great to be here again. I think this is my third time, third visit to New Life City. And uh, it's great to see the growth. And it's, I'm, I'm just excited about what God is going to do here. Um, let me get this to behave. And then I'll, uh, yep, okay, that's good, sort of. All right, here we are. Great, all these great technologies. Um, well, it's, it's uh, apparent around the country that God is pouring his spirit out, and that's a delight. And uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, he, he brings the kingdom of heaven into our life, the kingdom of God, in a, in a tangible way. It's, it's the, the um, first indication of the kingdom of God is his presence. Like, the, without the king, there's no kingdom. And the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. And the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, And by the way, he convicts the church of the same because we need that. But he wants to take us beyond conviction into empowerment. And so we repent and then we're empowered. And when we're empowered, we can get off track and think it's all about power, but it's all about Jesus. It's never about anything else. And at the end of the day, we'll we'll fall on our faces at his feet, cast all our crowns before him and we'll be complete. And I loved what Greg shared that we're, we're moving to someone who loves us more than we can understand. And it, you know, I'm trying to think the exact reference where Paul refers to us as the bride of Christ. I think it's in Ephesians uh, that we're, you know, that he'll bring to himself a holy church, a holy bride. He's preparing for himself a holy bride. This is it. It's, it's Ephesians. And, uh, but it, you know, it's not just the, I many you know a, we, a bride, in our culture, a bride, you know, we think about the wedding day, the wedding event. But a bride, Mary was betrothed, To Joseph for many months. And uh, so in that culture, being a bride wasn't just a, a, a day, a day, a big day, significant day, a day of making this covenant, but it was a season of preparation. They entered into a covenant to prepare, and the bride prepared herself. It, it was part of Middle Eastern culture. Esther, who won the beauty contest, and um, was being prepared uh, to audition with this demonized ruler, Ahasuerus, in the Persian kingdom. and uh, And it involved months of purification and bathing in oils and and being taught all this protocol and stuff she was being i mean in a very worldly way she was being set apart for a purpose how much more are we we're we're like in this life and he's getting us ready and he loves us way more than we do now if i asked everybody um you know the last time you looked in the mirror did you like what you saw you know not too many people would raise their hand a few might like yeah I'm good you know but I looked in the mirror I said man I look pale I think I better get out and get some sun and that uh, it's you know we we don't know who we are we don't see ourselves like he sees us he chose you he chose me he's He set, he chose us before the foundation of the world. Is that wild? And we sought him, and when we got there, we found out he was the one seeking us. (laughs) He knocked on the door, and we opened the door, but he chose your door, and knocked on the door of your heart to come in. And he's still doing it. He's still saying, will you will you be all mine and will you see yourself the way i see you will you see others the way i see them and will you see the world as the way i see the world which is passing away which is you know all the vain things that charm us most have you ever invested years of your life into things that just they don't mean anything but you, but we invest ourselves into being in love with him, gazing upon him, being transformed by this word of truth, and finding him, even in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, in Esther. Some are fun, you know like like the Esther story has a, a fun meaning by the way, I was on the airplane uh, a, I don't know. About three weeks ago, flying home from Florida, and this guy was on the plane, and he was in front of me having a conversation with with this man, and I, I was hearing these words, you know, Aliyah, and uh, and yeah, three hundred people. I just preached the gospel, and I'm I'm listening to this guy, and I'm thinking, okay, this guy's Jewish, I mean, but he's a believer, you know. But I, I just recognized his. Uh, being so, I met this, and afterwards, I never do this because I'm like I'm an introvert. I like being alone. <laughs> That's why God called me into ministry to torture me, <laughs> you know. So, but I, I, but I, and I love people, but I, I, get drained in in interaction. Sometimes extroverts get energized, you know. Like <laughs> I'm feeling down. I need to go, uh, you know, spend a lot of time with people, and I. So I don't usually do this, but I thought, I want to meet this guy. So I got up, and I walked back, and, and uh, his name was David Stambowski. And uh, then I found out about him because he, he knew people in, in our church. So they told me, oh, this guy's incredible. And uh, he told me he, he owns a, he's Jewish. His, one of the things I heard was his grandfather and his father were Orthodox rabbis, and uh, he grew up in Massachusetts, married married a blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl from Lancaster County with a German last name, you know, so that went over well with his family. But he, you know, he, he was out, he was a hippie, he... he- Okay, uh, do you have some super glue so that won't happen again? <laughs> no? Okay, anyway, he, so he, uh, it, it, interesting guy. So that one of the people you would know, um, maybe I won't, I won't go there. Anyway, just some people in church that Paul would know, uh, knew this man, they had done a bunch of photography for him, and he said, do you know he has a 3,000-year-old manuscript of, of the book of Esther, And and he's planning to donate it to this um, stage production company called Sight and Sound because they're doing doing a thing on Esther. And I thought, yeah, I'm glad to meet this guy. So Ann and I are going to have dinner with him and his wife next month or something. But God, I'm just telling you, the world is full of opportunities and encounters to to see what God is doing. But to do that, we have to not be like, just focused on our own problems. Then, isn't that a ripoff? You know, you just can spend your whole life being insecure, neurotic, f- filled with anxiety, and and not have any fun. And God created life to be good. So, Holy Spirit, come. Okay, that's the big introduction. I don't have much time left. And so, and then, then we're gonna have a, a good altar call here. So, but... So God is, is moving, and he, he, this has been his plan from the beginning. I love John 1.1 1, 1 starts out, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Wow, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, the light and the light of men, it's the image of God that's in every human being that that is causes us to be different than animals. If In Costa Rica, they call it pura vida. You know, it's pure life. It's this is Zoe life. And they just use it as a greeting. I think it's a prophetic, a, a, a prophetic thing that the kingdom of God's going to fill Puerto Rico, or not Puerto Rico, that too, all the nations. But Costa Rica with his glory, but in him was life, and the life shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't overcome it because darkness has no power to stop light. Light doesn't struggle against darkness, and his light comes into us when we meet him. This is all, you know, very good, but um, the, the thing is, in, if you're reading John chapter one, we get to the place that the word becomes human, flesh, and dwells among us, tabernacles among us. And it's he's tying everything from the beginning to the end together when he enters creation and it changes everything. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. This is why he came, was to destroy the works of the devil that ruined what God's plan was. And, and it's the beginning of the solution, but he comes Into the earth he tabernacles among us, John says, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten. He said, the law came by Moses and the law was good. You know, we could think the law wasn't good, but the law, if we translate it properly from the Hebrew, it means the instructions, the instructions to keep the covenant with God who wrestled out of Egypt. Right. It should
0: just lock,
1: yeah. Now it's locked? Okay. Locked and loaded. And so he, he rescues us. He rescued, he rescued Israel out of Egypt where they were in slavery, and it never had happened before that a king came and conquered a nation. He destroyed the gods of Egypt to bring Israel out, but he didn't just conquer them, and be, say, I'm your new king, stay here, be slaves. He brought them out through the Red Sea, through, you know, parted. He made a way where there was no way. They walked on dry land through the the chaos of the sea. He's, he's like, he's foreshadowing the new creation, you know, that that there, and he's completely judged all the gods of Egypt, and then he calls them to himself, and he's going to make a nation of priests and kings out of them, and he calls them his personal possession. Wow, and and so in the middle of that, they you know they never complete it, and Jesus comes in to make a new covenant with a new people and he calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light to become his holy people, to be an empowered nation of priests, a kingdom of priests, a chosen generation, all of that. But in order to be that, and the, the Spirit of God is pouring out, in order to be that, we need to be clothed with power from on high. We need it. So, okay, a couple quick stories. Um, you know, the problem is we don't live that way because we're terrorized. When, once uh, God spoke to Bob Jones and uh, he, we, they were just talking about current events. So I heard Bob Jones, this was shortly after 9-11 and all this terror that's on the thing. And he, he was speaking and he said, "Ah, you want to know who the biggest terrorists in the, the world are? And everybody waits, and this is like how Bob Jones used to ask these peculiar questions and give shocking answers. He said, it's the news. And he said, my people are being terrorized by the news, and so we're continually terrorized. It's, and it's not like if you work in news, you're not evil, but we're, we're continually terrorized by testimonies. Of disaster, disappointments, disillusionments, delays, discouragements, distractions, these are called in the world you'll have tribu- you'll have pressures you know that we 're not going to get good news out of the world because the world is broken. I mean we do get some good news it's awesome you know they're the fingerprints of God left all over but but he's put his light in us oh. and so when we we repent, which means that we change the way we Think, and we see that the kingdom of God has come. It's not everywhere, but it's come, it's initiated at when Jesus entered the earth, the kingdom of God came, and it's, you know, it's already, but it's not yet. You know? So it's like we look around and go, I don't see any, because where you should be looking is in here, and then where you should be looking is in your heart, because the kingdom of God is within And it's not just within us as individuals, but it's among us as a people. And the first thing he did when he took Israel out of Egypt was he created a way for them to to interact with his continual presence, set up the tabernacle where there would be a fire by night and a cloud by day. So when they didn't feel like it, they could look and realize, oh, God is with us. And so sometimes even after we repent, even after we're baptized, we, we you know, we have bad days. We forget it. And, then, and so we need, we need the Holy Spirit continually cultivated in our lives, his presence. This is, I know this for a fact. I, I got saved by stepping into a worship service for a few weeks. I kept going back because I was trying to give an offering and they didn't receive an offering. And... Uh, Because I had some karma that I was working on, and so I went to this Jesus people thing, and in the present, in the worship, I felt His presence. I didn't know Him, but I felt His presence, and I felt this is what I need. So after a few weeks, I was back at my hippie house with all the people that I'd sworn, even though I was going to these Jesus meetings, I would never become a Jesus freak, Uh, and I I just said, God, I've tried everything, but not you. I got down on my knees. I said, Jesus, if you'll show me you're real, I'll follow you. The next time we went to church, instead of just feeling the feeling, I opened my mouth to praise Jesus as God and felt warm oil poured over my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. My wife had a very similar experience uh, at her mom's house in San Francisco. She came We came and we had that same experience. It happened to both of us. And so I know that in, there are moments when you know that you know that you know that you're with God. And what I'm after here is I wanna change that from moment to moment to continual. That you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, that body that you don't like, that body that you think is overweight, underweight, Wrong color, wrong something, you know, gimpy, uh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, it doesn't matter. You are the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. How will we care for the temple? You know, and of course that has to do with physical stewardship, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is what will we let in into the the brain is part of the temple? The eyes, the ears, the perceptions, what we, what we focus on, a good Bill Johnson quote is, you know, the, <laughs> the wor- whatever we focus on becomes our inner world. And the, in- the inner world that we carry around is our thought life, what comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our hands. So the Holy Spirit comes. Like Jesus, after three years with Jesus, the disciples, he said, you're not ready yet. Stay here until you get clothed with power they didn 't know what that meant, and even as he for forty days after he was resurrected, he walked and talked with him about the kingdom of God. It was his topic like i 'm here to reign i 'm here to 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 change planet Earth into what it was meant to be i 'm here, but they still didn 't get it and so at the at the end, they said, well, in chapter uh, 1, verse 6 of Acts, he said, hey, are you gonna restore the kingdom at this time? Because it was on their mind. They had been raised with this since they were little kids, this expectation that when the Messiah came, Rome would be conquered, God would set up his throne in Jerusalem, and and it, they'll let it begin, you know? And, uh, and these guys were close, you know, they were gonna be in the cabinet, you know, of, of, his, of his administration. They said, is it that now is the time? Like, everything went, Phew. And he goes, look, it's not for you to know, I don't even know, (laughs) the day or the hour. But he said, but I will tell you one thing, you're gonna receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and this will cause you to be my witnesses. Which the Greek word for witness is the same word as could be translated martyr, you know, and most of them were martyred. And But here's the thing, if you have glory and eternity living in you and you get martyred, it's not a big deal. I'm just saying, we get worried about losing our friends, losing our jobs, losing our, like, oh, well, if I speak the truth, I'll lose my job. They'll fire me if I call a boy a girl who wants to be called a girl. Maybe that's just part of being a witness, a A martyr. I'm not saying, you know, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm not putting law on you. I'm just saying, don't be intimidated. Don't be discouraged. Don't, be, don't let disappointment reign in your life. The King of glory is inside you. The God of all hope dwells within you. That in his presence is fullness of joy. Okay, long story. But I, I just... You know, I, I want to say this, that the kingdom of God has come, and when the kingdom of God comes, it, the kingdom of God looks for places to land. So um, I, when the revival is here, it's in the land. Uh, the, uh, when revival, Jesus sent the 12 out, and later he sent the 70 out, and he gave them very similar instructions. I'm trying to find them in my notes because I'm not preaching from my notes. (laughs) Help me, Jesus. Okay, and this is the main part of the sermon. It'll be very short. In Matthew 10, so he's with his disciples. He calls them, and he gives them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. Now, authority is like the badge that the policeman wears. And the the authority means you are have been trained, you're qualified to enforce what you're being asked to enforce. So he gives them authority to over unclean spirits to cast them out. So the first thing that happens is deliverance and to heal every disease and every affliction. And and then um, He said, Go and proclaim as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, and uh, you know, freely give. You freely receive, freely give. But then he gives them this instruction whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in that town and stay there until you depart. And as you enter the house, greet it. And they, they, they spoke peace over it, we find out in Luke. And if the house, which means household and family, it doesn't really mean the building, um, is, is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. In other words, you can go into a group or a, a you know an oikos, a family or a, an, an extended group of friends or a, a club or a, a a gang, and you declare peace, and it might not just be speaking the word shalom, it might be more than that, but you're declaring peace, peace with God, and if it, and if they're prepared, which is what the word worthy means, it means it's appropriate, you look for the, he says, I want you to scour the village, and you can ask around, but you figure out, where the best place to start is, and you go to that house, and you, and you say, greetings, shalom, we bring you, the, um, we bring you, that means I should be finished, but I'm not. So, the, uh, the, we bring you the, the fullness, the completion, the restoration of God, we're bringing you good news, and if they're worthy, if they're prepared, they're the right ones, they'll receive it, and if not, he says, let it return to you, and then you go someplace else. And you keep looking for these places where the kingdom of God can be released. And Luke, it says, when you enter the house, first say, peace to this oikos, this household. Uh, And if a son of peace, a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. And so you come and you're carrying inside you, whether you know it or not, whether you're qualified or not, Jesus is in you. Isn't it amazing? Like brand new Christians are the best evangelists. They don't know any doctrine, hardly. They just know Jesus saved them. And they go out and, and it's like there's a lot of other people prepared. We're in a season where there is so much opening up. Small ways, big ways. And, and God is looking for people who will say, let your kingdom enter and stay in my house. I want to see, I want to see all this stuff happen. I want to see the, the, you know, cleansing the leop- heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And all of that is the kingdom of God disrupting and judging the darkness that's in this world. It's like, <laughs> Come on, and so we've we've had all these things happen recently. I mean, just recently, this is so wild. It, right in little old Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is barely you know you have to look for it on a map. We've got all these things happening, like people people fr- from our just from Life Center. There's a, la- a lady named Abby, and she we she's had a burden for she has a calling to governments, and so she ends up you know praying for and talking for governmental people but she's had a real connection with the Kurdish people for a number of years she goes she comes she goes she comes i've gone there with them the you know the leaders of Kurdistan have come to our church like multiple times we pray for them and bless them and even though they're officially muslims they're really hungry for jesus because they know Jesus heals. Many of them are secret believers. Many of them have had dreams and seen the man in white, all this stuff. And so the last time Abby was there, which was just a couple of weeks ago, they're having this big international banquet with ambassadors from various countries there. And Abby's just herself, you know, and they seat her above all those other ambassadors from other nations. Isn't that wild? She's an ambassador from heaven. And afterwards, she said to them, she said, General Aziz, why was I seated in this place? I felt like I shouldn't be there. And he said, oh, Abby, when you come, your God is with you. So see, I'm just saying, so here's ordinary people. Uh, we have a, a, a man from Guatemala. He's our Hispanic pastor. He's got... A, a huge ministry that's opened up, with providing millions of dollars in food and stuff all over the Northeast. But, but these guys from Peru wanted to meet me, and they said we want to give you thirty acres in Peru. And I thought I don't want to pay taxes in Peru, um, and I don't want to be responsible for what happens on thirty acres in Lima. That I've, you know, I've been to Lima once in my life. I'm going to be there in a week, and it'll be the second time. But. But so Edgar, finally this uh, Central American pastor called Edgar, he knew, knew the man from Chile and he said, Edgar, you're going to Chile, I already bought you a plane ticket. So Edgar went and it turns out when he gets there, he's in all these meetings with, the, with people, with the chaplains of all the uh, police from all over the nation and he meets two generals, the general over the armed forces, the general over the national police, leads both of them to Jesus. <laughs> it's like, maybe we have something in Peru. And, and so now the one general, the general uh, over the national police has been, he called like Edgar's his pastor. Cause he said, I don't know what to do. I said, just like, they'll call you and you pray for them. Cause they, they can't tell their story to the people around them. Cause the, it's a snake pit, you know? And so, so we've, you know, I've, I've been on a couple zoom calls with this general and We've prayed and he feels the presence of God. His life's changing and he wants us to come. So now we're coming <laughs> next week with a team of people that know what they're doing uh, that I called. Because he just wanted me to come and fix his nation, you know. And, and I know I can't. But I, but I know people who this is their lane. A guy in, in uh, Miami named Mario Bromnick that does this. Uh, he's done this with 11 different countries. met with heads of state and stuff. Cheon is coming with us, and 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 so we're going there. And my job is just to open the door. But I'm. But isn't it weird that God will put you in places you're not qualified for? You don't have to be qualified. You just have to say yes. So that's one. Um, you know, one of our pastors went out to preach. This little church had been saying, "Please come, please come, please come." We want you to do a seder service. Okay. So he, he's. Uh, so he went there. And he thought, well, I should at least get to know. So they invite him before, and and a a guy from our church had moved there. That's why they were asking for someone to come. And uh, so he goes there, and, uh, and the the Robert, the the guy from our church, who's a real evangelist, he says, now the first service won't be very big. Don't get discouraged. So the first service was, you know, fifteen or twenty or thirty people, and he says the next service will be different. The next service was packed. All new believers and, and Chani gets up to preach and he doesn't even get to preach because because words of knowledge start happening, people start getting delivered and then people start people start getting healed and then people start getting delivered to the point where they had to run and get like waste baskets because people were and they were being delivered by the, the king by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like they made a line for, if you want deliverance, come here. They were just getting delivered of demons. And I thought, like, God, what is going on? Do you understand? This is like like Asbury. Like, you know, God is pouring out his spirit all over the nation. It's not just one hot spot and not qualified people. So Johnny came back totally surprised. It goes on and on. Last fall, uh, we received a church planter from northeast India, that our a mission team from our church had, had worked with him several years earlier, uh, like 15 years earlier, and he ends up as a refugee in America because the radical Hindus were gonna burn his house down with his, his kids in it that night, and someone tipped him off, and they came to America. They got refugee status. They were living with some people that they knew somewhere in Pennsylvania, but and they, did, they had never been to us, and through a divine... Uh, you know, connection, we realized that where they were, where they were wasn't working. We said, hey, we have a house right by the church. We bought it for interns, but it's empty. You can move into it. They had no interns had gotten into it yet. And uh, <clears throat> so they, they're living there, and we find out they're, real, they're awesome people. They had been trained by, in Toronto, so they loved the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, you know, we thought, wow, they're really sweet, and what are we gonna do with them? And so they were, they were trying to find some food that they liked. And so they looked on the internet and they said, oh, there's a Nepali grocery store on the street. So they go to the grocery store and there's 12 Nepali grocery stores on the street and restaurants and they say, what's going on? These people have spent their life planting churches in Northern India and in Nepal and in you know, Bangladesh and all this stuff. And they realized, and they discovered, which something we didn't know. There were sixty. There are sixty thousand Nepali refugees in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That the, the government brought them into America, and then the government of Pennsylvania brought them into Pennsylvania for their votes. That's really why they did it. But, the, but, but what they thought they were doing it for the votes. But God said these people are going. Now we've got this harvest, where you know he he's doing what he would be doing on the mission field in india it's the holy spirit it's like so uh, somehow you know if if you're if you'll welcome the holy spirit to come and mess up your life he will <laughs> Like so, now we're we're getting we're far you know this we've got this spirit-filled happy Amish farmer and we're plowing up a garden so we can grow all the kinds of foods that they like to eat because they're they they're refugees they miss their food you know so we're growing not not hatch uh, hatch New Mexico chilies but we're growing this kind of Dolly chilies that that all the people in Nepal eat and and so. So now every Sunday we have all, like a busload, and if we had five buses, we'd have five busloads of all these Nepali refugees, and they look like they're still in Nepal. You know, they come with all their Nepali clothing, and they're getting healed, and they're getting saved. And so when, and, and I, I watched this the other week, uh, the, a, a, guy, a guy prayed for a teenager because he could speak English. So he prayed for him and he got healed and he, and, he, and he gave his life to Jesus. And then he said, well, come on, be my interpreter. So he went to talk to an old lady who couldn't speak English and they're talking and he says, what did she say? And he tells him what's wrong with her. He says, okay, now you lay hands on her. Just do what I did to you. You go ahead, you lay hands on her, you pray for her. And so this brand new believer, Nepali believer, teenagers, praying for this older woman, and she gets healed. And it just, so now back in their community, by the way, the very first convert was the worship leader at a Hindu temple. <laughs> His father is the priest, you know? So it's like we're, we're, we're making, so I'm just saying, the kingdom of heaven, it's not just coming to Albuquerque, it's already come. You know, but it just, it comes in ways that only those with eyes of faith can see initially. But if you welcome it, it spreads. And so, okay. There's, every time God moves, he, there's a couple things that are needed. Lightning rods that bring it, and then the places that will welcome it. You know, we could go back through revival after revival, but a recent revival, and some of you may have seen. Have any of you seen the movie Jesus Revolution? Okay. So Lonnie was our friend. He was our pastor for a few years in in the '70s in Santa Cruz. After the movie, okay, after he went to Florida, and then he came back and he was in Santa Cruz for a few years. But Lonnie, so Lonnie Frisbee gets saved in in San Francisco, in the Haight-Ashbury, where it seems like the devil is just, you know, everybody's deceived. You know, I was deceived. I was part of that whole thing. My wife lived within walking distance of Haight-Ashbury. So when she was a teenager, she would go hang out and sell newspapers there. And, uh, (laughs) but so Lonnie gets saved in in Haight-Ashbury and he he wants to go back to Southern California because he grew up in Orange County. So he's back. And, And if you saw the movie, it's, it's, a, a roughly true version of, of the exact things that happened. But when he came, he brought, and Lonnie did this his whole life, he was a lightning rod for the kingdom of God. Was he qualified? No. Was he chosen? Yes. You know? And so he was qualified by God's choice, but not because he had it all together. But he was a lightning rod. But this, what he brought wouldn't have lasted because you know, we knew Lonnie, we knew him all the way to his death, and he was a lightning rod for the vineyard, but he was a lightning rod in that initial Jesus movement. He was a lightning rod. But without Chuck and Kay Smith, it, it would have died out. So the man of peace was Chuck Smith. And, and if you saw the movie, that part, it was very true. He didn't like hippies. <laughs> And they came and started moving into his house. They really did, camping out on his lawn, all that, true. And he really did start getting houses just to get them out of their house. But out of that turned into one of the greatest harvest in recent church history. You know, and now church historians, like I, when, you know, 30 years ago, people said, well, the Jesus movement wasn't really a an awakening because it didn't do this and didn't do that but now they're looking back after 50 years and they're going it may have been the great it may have been one of the greatest awakenings in church history because those kids who got saved in those years became leaders all over the world and and are still fueling mission movements and not just them but their spiritual children and grandchildren and it goes on and on and on so there was a lightning rod But there was a a worthy house that received it. Okay? Uh, You know. But then, did any of you, maybe some of you saw the movie Woodlawn. I don't know if any of you did. It it was out, it actually came out in 2016. Interestingly, the website for the movie Woodlawn was thejesusrevolution.com. Was it prophetic? They didn't know it. But but what happened in 1972? You know the Jesus movement's rolling. I got saved in 1972. I heard about this thing in Dallas. The Campus Crusade put together this huge thing in the Sugar Bowl. I believe it was the Sugar Bowl in Dallas. And seventy thousand kids came from all over America for a week of teaching and impartation. And Billy Graham preached to them. And and the final thing they they. They turned out all the lights, they lit candles, they filled the whole place, they had candlelight communion, and he commissioned them to go and take the gospel to other places. And so they went out, and the next year, a young man ended up in Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham was a hot spot, I mean, you have to, if you're not, you know, if you're young, in those days, America was burning. 1968, there were like 12, 15 cities that had major riots where, where, you know, just buildings and neighborhoods were going up in flames because of riots against racial injustice. That was that was a lot of the burning, but there were in the same context, there were, were anti-war riots, there were all kinds, you know, just it was a bad time. Uh, kids got shot on college campuses by police. I lived in Berkeley. I, you know, I lived right in the middle of riots, got tear gassed, all that stuff. And, uh, and it was part of what got me to seek Jesus. I went up to the mountains and thought, this is insane, you know, what's going on? And, uh, and met Jesus. So the, so this young man goes to Birmingham. where In Birmingham, there had been over 500 racially motivated bombings from 1948 to 1972, and not one of them was prosecuted. And it, the slang for Birmingham among the black community was Bombingham, and so you know it, it was it was a, a real key spot. And this young man feels led to go there, and he's going to be and he's, and he wants to be a campus chaplain. And, uh, and so he goes to Woodlawn High School, one of the oldest high schools in Birmingham, which had just become racially integrated that year through busing. And the white kids didn't like the black kids, and the black kids didn't like, why are they busing? You know, they, nobody liked it. This happened in San Francisco too, in, in, my, in my wife's high school. But the, uh, So Hank Irwin goes to Birmingham and... Uh, and he starts bugging this coach. He says, hey, I, I'm a preacher, and I want to preach to your football team. And the coach is not a believer. And he goes, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> His name is Tandy Gerald's, and, uh, and the guy keeps bugging him. So finally he says, okay, I'll give you five minutes. And so he gives them five minutes in the gym with the football team. The football team didn't like each other. You know, the black kids were, were new on the team. The white kids are threatened by... Like, you know, hey, this is my position. You can't play it. And so they're sitting separately and they're getting in fist fights and stuff. Great team spirit. And, and, he, and so Tandy Joe says, okay, I'll give you five minutes. And he walks out of the room because he doesn't want anything to do with it. Comes back an hour later and the guy's just finishing up an altar call. And his assistant coach, and, and he walks in and the guy's still preaching. And he says, what's going on? And he says, "Well, we all came to Jesus." <laughs> he says, "Your whole team came to Jesus, and I did too." And and he goes like, "Oh man," and and he says, "Don't don't stop him." And so, Tandy Gerald actually becomes a man of peace because he watches the transformation on, on his team over the next few weeks. They start working together, and they and they're praying together, and they're. I mean, it's wild, and the and the. This guy, Hank, keeps coming back and preaching to him and they're having Bible studies. And the assistant coach is hosting the Bible study in his house. And, and so after about four weeks, Tandy, Gerald shows up at this Black Baptist church and, uh, where one of his his star running back attended. And he and his family come in and the, the preacher stops and he says, can we help you, sir? And He says, yeah, I'd like to say a few words. So he walks up and he says you know, I've watched what's happened to my players. And he says, five of my players go to this church. So I brought my family because I want to give my life to Jesus and I want to be baptized. And so that day in this black Baptist church, he he was baptized, he and his whole family, they were baptized and became Christians. He was the man of peace. Within two years later, there's a basket and, you know, their rival team, the revival spread to them. They're basically, their whole team and their blasphemous coach got saved. And so two years later, they're in this uh, ch- citywide championship and it, it draws the whole city. Over 60,000 people attended it or maybe it was 40,000, the largest stadium in Birmingham attended it and the police estimate that there were 20,000 waiting to get in no advance tickets, and they, <laughs> they, they prayed, the, the whole audience prayed the Lord's Prayer. This superintendent hated this, what was happening, and so when the, the coaches started leading, the two coaches started leading the whole crowd in the Lord's Prayer, he shut off the sound system, and it was silent for a few moments until the whole crowd started reciting the Lord's Prayer together, <laughs> and, uh, Anyway, it went on, and so all these guys became famous, played pro football, and and that kind of stuff. But without that man of peace, it wouldn't happen. Okay, that's 1972, um, 1980. Lonnie Frisbee and John Rutke. Some of you have met John. He's a, a, a friend of ours. And Lonnie and John were running together, and they were going to uh, what became the Anaheim Vineyard, the Yorba Linda. It was Calvary Chapel at that time. But they, 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 and They're there, and John Wimber invites Lonnie to preach on Mother's Day evening because the Lord told him to, not because he, you know, he knew who Lonnie was. He had heard the stories, and it was kind of scary to him. And so Lonnie gets up and preaches, and he's telling his testimony, and it's all laughing, ha, 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 you know. And he's saying, I don't know what I, and then people are crying. People are laughing. Lonnie was a great storyteller. And then he says, well, the church has been grieving the Holy Spirit for a long time, so he said, "Everyone under 25, come forward," and it was half the, more than half the church, two thirds, three quarters of the church. They came up, and he said, "Holy Spirit, come!" And for the next three hours, it you know, people were on the floor speaking in tongues. All this stuff happened. John was upset, uh, and on and on he went home. He was and but you know what? So here again, Chuck Smith, <laughs> John Wimber, and this this coach, Tandy Gerald's, none of them were really happy about what happened but they made a decision to welcome it. And so John welcomed it and the whole vineyard movement came out of that in Signs and Wonders and thus you have Randy Clark who goes as a lightning rod in 1994 to Toronto and, and, John, Wim, and John Arnott, John and Carol Arnott had heard about it and he wanted, hey, come come, uh, preach at my church. But when Lonnie preached, not Lonnie, when Randy preached but see how there's like a, a progression here. Randy preached the Holy Spirit came in January 1994 and John, Wimber, John Arnott made the decision after three weeks of extended meetings, he said, this is gonna. I might, I might lose my church for this, but I don't want to miss this. So they decided to extend their meetings, which extended for almost 10 years. The man of peace. The lightning rod, the man of peace. Okay, stand up. (laughs) I just, I I feel like the Holy, I feel like New Life City, God has a plan for this community. God, there's a target here. And uh, so I know some of you might, like your heart might be burning, I want to be a man of peace and just welcome it if it comes. But there's some of you also that you know, like I, I God, and we can't make these picks, you know, he picks, but some of you, you want to carry it and be a lightning rod and and take it, go from here to the nations with, with what God does here. So I just, I'm gonna ask everyone, you know, that, you, you just say, I want, I want to be a, a man of peace. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit into my life. I'd like you to come forward. And by the way, it's, it's not a man of peace. It's a daughter of peace, a son of peace. You know, it's, it's, but I want my household, I want my circle, my oikos to be visited by heaven. I want to recognize it, and I want to welcome it. So this is the first phase, and then we'll do the second phase. But, okay, look at this. man. I think revival, you know, like, look at this. Look at this. Would you pray with me? Just, we're gonna pray a consecration. Lord Jesus, I want you. I want you to visit my household with your kingdom. I want to welcome your kingdom. I want to welcome your shalom. I want to welcome the kingdom of heaven into my house and welcome all the mess that that might make. I'll make room for your move. I'll adjust my plans. I'll change my ways to receive your visitation I pray you would come and inhabit this home in Jesus name by the way I feel I have authority to do this I, as a, as a man of peace I welcome the Holy Spirit in various waves and iterations into my world into our house uh, especially in the Pennsylvania because I had the 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 authority to do that and so um because of welcoming the move of God and holding it eventually 2000 Randy Clark moved to our city just out of friendship and out of out of thing and and it changed our city way more than I could have but without you know without me Randy would have never moved to to Harrisburg in 2006 Georgian Banoff moved Harrisburg because of this friendship I like like there's a grace to make room for others and to not be threatened if people bigger than yourself come to visit and you make room so God I just pray a supernatural grace on the houses and households here to receive those lightning rods who bring visitations who bring all the messy stuff all the the power encounters all the transformation god in jesus name pray there look at this a whole city holy spirit come right now i can't i can't um feel like thank you holy spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Thank you, God, that you're going to come and you're going to stay, and that our houses will be holy. There'll be places of worship and creativity. God, deliver us from the the terrorism of disappointment, pessimism, all the problems, God. We thank you that you come in dark times. <laughs> and the light gets brighter, Father. God, thank you that you sent Paul here. And, and for this, this team and this people that are being gathered around a calling, it's not about a personality, it's about a, a, an assignment and a commission that's on this church. And I, I love your vision that it's not just this church, it's the whole city. And not one church can't do it, you know, but you can grow into this house of peace where the kingdom of heaven gets established. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. And now I, I wanna do this last part before everyone wonders if, if I'll ever end. Some of you, I mean, some of you, and I know this is awkward, so you can close your eyes, okay? So you're not worried who's looking at you. but if you feel like, God, I don't know why, but I, I, I've had this, not just today, but I've had this burning in me for a while that, that I wanna be a lightning rod someplace for something, and I, I just pray that you would, you would get me in the right place. And I want to pray for the lightning rods who bring a change who who bring something there. God, I see Holy Spirit look at this. God, I pray that these that you would fall upon fall upon fall upon fall upon. Holy Spirit, you just come upon each one here who humbly raise their hands. God, that you would fall upon them and that there would be a fire that comes upon them here today a fire here today but it would remain it would remain it would remain I see some of you I'm not going to call call you out because that's it's not the focus at this point but (sighs) thank you God Holy Spirit come 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 with burning with burning, with burning, with burning. Let that burning just come upon them. Some of you are feeling burning. Some of you are feeling, I felt, some of you are feeling like, almost like knee-deep water is, is flowing <clears throat> around your legs. And it's just, there's something the Holy Spirit's doing. Just, God, increase it. Increase the fire and the water. Increase the flow. Increase that there's a, I know Paul told me a few weeks ago you had a big baptism, spontaneous baptism thing, and the word he got was, out of baptism will flow the power. So, Holy Spirit, would you come upon everyone here with fresh power, with fresh power, with fresh power, with fresh power God, and all the lightning rods, but all of us, that you would baptize us or re-baptize us in the Holy Spirit, that there would be a. a an encounter with power that comes into our lives in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, we just pray for this release, this release, this release. I I might need a helper here. This release, this release, this release, Holy Spirit, fire, 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 <laughs> fire. fire. Fire fire fire. Fire God. Fire a setting apart. Fire, 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 God. Fire. Fire. Fire God. Fire. Fire that, fire that burns up everything in our life that's not Jesus. Fire that empowers. Fire that brings light and hope in the darkness. Fire that's a release of energy that things could be done, God. Healings, healings, healings. We pray, God, for a release, a release of the gift of speaking in tongues for those who've never spoken in tongues, that they would open their mouths and you would fill it. In Jesus' name, Thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for fire. <laughs> thank you for fire. Isn't it wild how God picks people that we wouldn't pick? I wouldn't have picked me. No one would have picked Lonnie Frisbee. No one would have picked Randy Clark. when. When Randy, when this Toronto thing first happened, I met pastors from St. Louis and I said, oh, have you met Randy Clark? He said, well, I've heard something, but it must be a different Randy Clark. <laughs> fire, 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 God, fire. Any encounters in this season. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. God, fire. God, mark us with fire today. Mark us. Holy, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit fire. God, release supernatural gifts. Release supernatural gifts of discernment, discernment, authority over demonic forces. Trista, I don't know if you like this or not. I think God's going to use you in deliverance. Shaka baka. He's going to, because you already get, you see it, you've got authority over it. Thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Fire, 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 fire. Woo-hoo! God, thank you that you're going to raise up child revivalists in this church. You're going to raise up child revivalists in this church and some of these kids that are just in your nursery and in your young classes are going to do mighty things as they grow older and some will do mighty things now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing for visitation, for habitation. Fire, fire. Whoa, fire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a man of peace. This is a man of peace who's welcoming the move of God in his life, who's going to see, you're going to see amazing things. You're going to see fire fall. You're, God's going to bring you people that, uh, that are just lost in darkness and they're going to come out of the darkness into the light. God's going to use you on the streets and in various places That you go. There's something that He's doing, that He's building. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Everything. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. (laughs) You. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the Holy Spirit move of God that's coming to your house. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Shaka bana God. Let your blessing. Thank you, Father, for fire. 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 More, 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 more. God. God. Sheda bakke make, God. Just a whole new season of freshness here. Conversions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is going to be a good news house. Thank you, Father. A good news house. More, 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 more. Fresh, 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 fresh sounds. Fresh songs for a fresh season. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank You, Father. Thank You. Holy Spirit, come, come, come. Come, 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 (laughs) come. More, 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 more. Thank You, Thank You, Thank You, Thank You, Thank You, Thank You, Thank You. you. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. God, light this house on fire. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. God, we just thank you for a setting apart of so many today. A setting apart of so many today for this new move, this new season in Jesus' name. And I want to say this. If I didn't get to you, you're here it's much more important that God lays his hands on you than I do, and I am really love to lay hands on you, but it, I just don't want you to think it's, it's it, that if I didn't get to you that God didn't get to you. Shh. Some of you, your desire is so great that it just sucks. <laughs> it just brings God into your, it's like you're this thirsty, thirsty one, and he's pouring his water out into the thirst of your soul. Thank you, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for authority, authority, authority. God's gonna give you new authority. Many, I wanna say this, there are quite a few people here, you're going to notice something in the next month that when you're praying and things happen. Somebody asks you to pray and you pray and they come back and they say, hey, when you prayed, it happened. You know, I'm just saying that, like, that these are signs, like, and go for it, go for it. Just do it more and more, more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 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 Jesus' name. And you, Ethan, you, Ethan. God has given you a, a, a courage, and He's given you a leadership, and He's given you a calling, and and Ethan, it's very important this season that you're serving here. But God's going to do something. He's going to like a big. He's going to open a big door for you, Ethan, and you're you're going to walk through it with humility and purity. And it's not about Ethan and you'll know that and you're so in love with Jesus that you'll keep him in the center and you'll give him all the glory. But Ethan, you're here and you're getting equipped and you're getting loaded down with the benefits of the blessing of the covenant. And just, it's a word of encouragement that you, that as you and Malia seek the Lord together, seek the Lord together, you're gonna see more and more of the blessings of God in your home, in your life. You're going to see it in your son and in other children that come. You're going to see the glory that you're so longing for, and you're going to be a carrier of the tangible presence of God. Thank you, God. God's going to use you in evangelism. He's going to use you in in uh, bringing revival, and, and it's just... You're here, you're in the right place, and this is such an important season. So God, we just bless Ethan. We bless him, God. We bless him that he would become very sensitive to your presence and your moving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I can keep going forever because, you know, you just have energy from God, but I want to release you. It's 11 past 12, and so get your kids and that kind of thing and and i might i'll i'll will stay and pray for about 20 more minutes if you if you want me to is that too long okay i'll say i'll just be here if you want to stay I'll, I'll keep praying for people and uh all right and i'll turn off my microphone